everyone, it's your girl, Tony. It's me, <laughs> it's me, Mario. <laughs> Sorry, I was just joking around with Derek beforehand and I did that because it made me laugh. But anyway, um, those of you that have listened to and or followed um, the True Crime Tuesday thing, I know I've been MIA for a while, um, mainly because um, if you listen, so Derek's going to post this episode that we just did kind of explaining our, our like who we are and what we're about and everything, but um, I have a rare form of cancer and with my cancer journey, I have kind of changed the way I've thought about things and I've always loved true crime, always, but now... I, I just don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is or why, but I'm not as fascinated by it anymore, and it almost bothers me sometimes to listen to it, because I, I you know... That's why I can't hardly listen to true crime. Well, that's the thing, so I always used to find it extremely fascinating, mainly because I, I just want to know, like, the person doing the stuff, like, I want to get in their head, like, what went wrong? Like, what makes you tick? What makes you think that way? But now... I don't think that way. In my brain now, it's it doesn't matter why they thought that this horrible event just happened. Whatever. Um, so anyway, I just don't feel right about doing true crime stories. Um, and I, I learned that pretty quickly after doing a few of my own that it just doesn't... I'm not helping anyone. I'm not doing any... in my In my brain, I'm not doing anyone any good with that. I want to help people. So... Instead, I've decided to do a Miracle Monday, where I kind of do the same thing, except it'll be inspiring stories, people, people's miracle stories, um, you know, that we can talk about and Derek and I can talk about and kind of decipher. And if anyone out there has their own miracle that they, they want us to read on air, um, you just go ahead and email us at dtdimension at protonmail.com and I am more than willing to... Um, like take your experiences too and, and, and put them on there. Um, but I figured for the first one, I'm going to start with my own because, you know, it's, it's personal to me. It, it's the reason why I wanted to do this and, and hopefully out there it'll inspire other people maybe. Um, and it, or at the very least make someone out there feel good, I guess is the way it is for me. Um, but you know, I was never, um, a, I was never a religious person, um, I didn't really have a belief system. I, I mean, I kind of more or less believed in something bigger than myself. I just, you know, I didn't label it as God. I didn't have a religion. Um, but now through this journey, I, I mean, it's undeniable that there is a God and there is a whole other um, realm of positivity around us. Um, it's in, it's in, indescribable and, and, and whatever now it's undeniable. Yes. Thank you. I was searching for the word, but chemo brain don't, I don't have my brain back yet from my treatments, but yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start with my own because yeah, I just, you know, to go from essentially a non-believer to a full blown believer just through my experience and the things that I've seen and felt and been through, um, I hope will kind of just inspire you to do your own digging with it, you know, um, I guess, and, and see where it takes you. I mean, that's, that's it really. It's just, where is it going to take you? You know, it could take you anywhere up, down and sideways. Mine brought me here to the way I think now, which is kind of complex. I not only believe in God, but I believe in like other realms and, and like, and light beings and frequencies. And I think they all play together 
yes, we have a god, but God rules over not just us, but other realms and, and all that stuff as well, is, is, the, is what I believe now and after having done a lot of my own research. But anyways, yeah, I, I wanted to start with my own sort of miracle. Um, you ready to get started? I'll just... I am 100% ready. All right, let's, well, <laughs> I'll just jump in. I guess I don't know how any other way to get started. So partway through my journey, I was looking for, um, I was kind of doing my own research in my, in my can with my cancer because it's, it's very rare. There's not a lot known about it. And my gut instinct was just telling me that the path that I was on with my uh, hospital here just wasn't right. So I was doing my own research. What could I find out about this cancer? What other options did I have? Because I didn't really want to be cut in half. I, I didn't want to leave the tumor um, either. What what were my options? I, I met a doctor out in Los Angeles who's very well known um, and, and is kind of like the top of his field with my specific kind of cancer. Um, I actually didn't reach out to him. I was on a Facebook group, and I had just asked a, a question in general. Actually, no, that's that's how it started. So I, I was on a Facebook um, group for my type of cancer, and I just asked a general question because, like I said, I, I was looking into researching new ways to uh, – or, or, or different ways that I could handle my cancer that was different than what my hospital was telling me because what my hospital was telling me, I just wasn't comfortable with. What type of cancer do you have? Uh, myxoid liposarcoma. Um, so sarcomas are, are very rare in general. It's a very rare form of cancer, especially in adults. But then it's even more rare because it's broken down. There's um, about roughly 70 different subtypes of sarcoma. So different kinds of sarcoma cancers. Um, so all of them are rare. Sarcomas to start out with are rare, but then to break it down even further into different categories is also rare. So that's the kind of cancer I have. Um, obviously I know what kind of cancer she has. I but just you wanted don't, her right. to uh, ex- say it, say right. the name. Uh, yep. So, so that way you guys, uh, could know. And if if you felt like looking into it, you can. Anyway, so I, I just wasn't comfortable with what my, uh, hospital was telling me or my options were. Um, I didn't want to be cut in half. I didn't want to leave the tumor just in there after chemo and radiation and, and whatnot. So I had basically branched out, started doing my own research. On Facebook, I had put out a question, you know, saying, like, this is what my hospital wants to do. Um, has anyone else out there had different options? Uh, and and where did you go for those options? Well, a doctor out in L.A. just happened to, to be a part of that Facebook group. Um, and he actually was the one who answered my question and reached out to me. And then said, you know, if you want to email me, here's my email address. You can send me your, um, kind of give me a rundown of your story and send me anything, um, any images or any tests that you want me to look at. And I can tell you my opinion, which his opinion was completely different from what my doctors, um, were, were saying and, and giving me, uh, giving me the options of, and the, his, his opinion was, you know, from what I had researched, was the right way to go. And that's what my gut was telling me to do. Um, right around this time that I met this doctor, um, one of my very best friends and uh, neighbor, she came over to me uh, and was talking with me, and I had told her about this doctor, and I said I was really hopeful for, like, the first time during during my cancer journey. And she goes, hmm. She goes, you know, I had a dream you know, about some of this stuff. She's like, I'm not going to tell you about it right now. She's like, I just want to see how it plays out. She's like, I'll tell you when it's relevant to tell you, basically. And I was like, okay, that's fine. 
not too long later, a few weeks probably, uh, she came walking over my house just in tears, just in complete tears and, um, said, you know, uh, my dream's coming true. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I kind of assumed that her dream was like a good thing because, you know, she said like she wanted to see how it played out. And it was right when I started feeling hopeful because I met this doctor. So in my brain, it was, oh, it was going to be a good thing. Right. Um, and she's like, well, my dream's coming true. Um, so another good friend of hers, um, his mom was like a second mom to her. Um, so his second mom actually ended up in the hospital uh, with some pretty severe, but out of the blue at the same time, health conditions. And she took, my friend told me, she's like, she's not going to make it. She's not, she's not going to live through it. I already know. Um, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I thought your dream had something to do with me. She's like, it does have something to do with you. And, uh, so then she kind of explained to me that in her dream, this woman came to her who was very familiar to her. She couldn't see her face, but she could see her hair and she like recognized the no, voice. No, she couldn't see her hair. That, that's what. No, she could see her hair. She couldn't see her face. That's why she didn't know for sure in the moment that it was her until her second mom went into the hospital. Then she was like, it makes sense. Like. Because her, her second mom kind of has very distinguished, like, hair. Um, uh, anyway, in the dream, this woman was passing away and said, Ellie, I'm, Ellie, I'm taking it with you. I'm, I'm taking the cancer, or I'm taking the cancer with me. And with that, in her dream, the woman passed away. And in her dream, my cancer was gone. Well, um, her second mom kind of you know, had to go, had to go through this huge major surgery, this heart surgery. She actually lived through the heart surgery, but she, um, very quickly after that, um, faded away. And, uh, it was very strange because my friend was like, I, I really want you to come with to the, you know, I'd never met this woman, uh, but, but we had kind of started becoming friends with, um, that woman's son and wife who my friend who had the dream was friends with and randomly at the time so I had completely given up pop and like a lot of sugary things at the time trying to get myself pop is soda for those that don't know shut up it, it's pop <laughs> saying it wrong all you weirdos anyway um I had kind of given that up for the most part but I randomly had started to get this strong urge to drink sunkissed which I had never drank before in my life that I can recall and I just randomly started to have this craving for it not even knowing really what it tasted like but I had this craving for yeah, it just completely out of the blue it was really strange like, I want some sun-kissed yeah like, and okay, then I wanted like, it since when do you like orange soda right and I wanted it like all the time and this happened like immediately after this woman passed away or right around the same time and anyway uh we go to this you know like celebration of life thing that they had for this woman and there's sun-kissed everywhere. And I even nudged Derek and I'm like, look at, well, why is there sun-kissed everywhere? What is, what's going on? Like, that's weird. Because I was just, I was starting to, you know, be in my spiritual journey and noticing signs and stuff like that. Well, my friend, Ellie, she was like, well, that was her favorite pop. And so it was just like a really weird, like, happenstance, I guess, <laughs> you know. But now I'm in the phase where I don't believe in coincidences right. at all. But obviously, right. it wasn't a coincidence. So move forward a couple months. I go to LA to have my surgery. Um, 
I was supposed to have one long, like, 12-hour surgery. Um, so my, my, my tumor went from my abdomen through my pelvic notch, um, so, like, around my um, arteries, my sciatic nerve, all my blood vessels, and, in, in like, the hole in your pelvis into my glute. It was huge. I, it was two separate, basically two separate sections around 18 centimeters uh, for the front half and around 16 centimeters for the back half. Um, so they were, they were going to open me from the front, cut it, and then flip me over and cut the back. Well, once they got in there for the first part of my surgery to do the front part, they realized that instead of the tumor pushing it completely, all my organs and stuff out of the way like they thought, it was actually attached to all those things, which they weren't expecting. So they had to leave around 10 to 15% of the tumor behind. Um, and that front part of the surgery alone took 12 hours, so they didn't even do the back portion um, I woke up in the ICU, and basically my doctor was not hopeful. Uh, he's like, you know, if uh, if pathology comes back, you know, not good, meaning because they were going to take the tumor and dissect it to see how much cancer was still living and all that stuff. Uh, it, basically, if pathology came back that, you know, there was quite a bit of viable cancer in there that they weren't even going to do the back part of surgery um, because it was pointless essentially. And I would just have to find, um, you know, other treatments or trials to do to, to treat my cancer. But yeah, so anyway, I, before I jump too far ahead, uh, I woke up in the ICU and got the same. So I woke up, I was, I mean, I had tubes everywhere from head to toe. I, I had, um, what do you call it? I had IVs in my legs. I had one in my, in my throat. I had them in, in I had one in my artery, in my wrist, I had multiples in my arms. Um, they even had braced my one arm, the one that had the IV in, or IV into the artery in my wrist. I had that arm um, like braced so I couldn't bend my wrist. So I couldn't move. I had tubes down my nose into my throat. And when I woke up, I was like panicking because my butt didn't hurt. So I'm like, oh my God, they didn't even do the back surgery. So I'm, so I'm panicking. I'm like, what, what happened in there? Like what happened? What went wrong? Uh, None of my, my team was there. It was a whole different team at this point because, you know, it's 12 hours later and whatever. So I wake up in the ICU with to their team and they're trying to figure out what's happening going on. I, I call Derek, finally gets a nurse to, to call him. And I can't be there because this is all yeah, during, this is all, this is all uh, during COVID time. So all of my COVID surgery, yeah, bullshit. quote unquote COVID. So all of the surgeries that I've been through, I had to do completely alone. Um... And anyway, I find, I, I, I get, I get the news that things didn't go well. And I just remember laying in the ICU alone and scared and crying. And I, I was just laying there just feeling really hopeless. And I just thought, you know, like, just give me a sign that of what I'm supposed to do. And if, you know, I, in my brain, I was like, whether it's a good sign or a bad sign, just tell me. And if it's a bad sign, just take me now. Because I was so scared and so miserable and in so much pain that I was like, if things aren't going to turn out well, like, just take me now. Like, why, like, why, you know, why am I even being put through this, essentially? And in that moment, I can't even just, I've never had a feeling like this before. But it was literally like my chest opened up and got warm with, like, the most intense love I've ever felt in my entire life. 
And I just felt this whole overwhelming sense of calm. Like, I don't know. I just felt amazing. I just felt like the best that I could ever feel. Like, I've never felt that way. Like, euphoric, almost. And, I, I mean, I literally asked for a sign, and I was I was given that sign. That, that moment, that feeling, because I've never felt that, ever. And I just remember, like, smiling and, like, thinking, like, thank you, you know, because I literally couldn't move. You know, I couldn't move. They had me on this blow-up bed. I was literally confined to it, hooked up to all kinds of stuff. It was just awful. And, uh... That was, like, my moment of, like, knowing, like, okay, I need to keep fighting. I need to keep going. I need to push through this. And I remember, like, like literally, like, ripping that thing out of my nose and, and getting and asking for, like, a nasal cannula to, to breathe because they had, like, an oxygen tube that went straight to my lung. And I, like, literally, like, was like, nope, and pulled it out. But uh, anyway, so finally get moved to a, a new hospital room. I'm there for, like, I don't know what, like five, six days, something like that. Something like Just that. under a week. Because um, they had opened me from above my belly button, like kind of right under my sternum, like probably like an inch or two under my sternum, all the way down, like, I'm not kidding, like like half an inch above my clit. Like, that's how big my incision is on my, on my stomach now, the up and down one. And so basically we were waiting for pathology results to come back, but things aren't looking good. Um... And I finally get the results back and the pathology results were outstanding. So my tumor at this point is probably the size of, I don't know, what would you say? It's like a big Cause it, cause uh, it did shr- it shrunk with, T-bone steak. Almost. Yeah. So it had shrunk from like the size of a pot roast. D- like it got narrower and, and, and shorter too. So it was more like, I don't know. Yeah. I'd say like the size of a semi-decent steak so it got a lot narrower for sure yeah and then shorter but still pretty big size um but they could find no viable cancer in that tumor and even my surgeon who's a sarcoma expert was like that is unheard of like yeah, that they, did, like it doesn't had, happen they had prepped us for the uh reality that yep there was going to be that it was going to be pure cancer and that i mean we're, we're basically just waiting for the cancer to spread yeah, uh, yeah. As not only as not only to spread, thought. but but for the tumor to come back is a lot of cancer, and basically to send me home without doing the second half of surgery, and basically me living out my time on chemo or or whatever treatments that I could to keep it at bay. Yeah, essentially, they, accept, they expected it to instantly start growing back times ten, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but once they did the pathology report, they found out. There was no, not in that first part of the tumor that they took out. Like, don't get me wrong, they had to leave 10%, 10 to 15% behind, but still they had a huge chunk. Yeah. And sarcomas aren't known for doing this. And even my surgeon was like, I'm just astounded. Like, that that doesn't happen. Um, he's like, I've seen it. Uh, he's He's been a surgeon for like 20 years or something, he said. And he's like, I've only seen it twice and only once with a sarcoma that that's happened on a tumor that size. Like, it just doesn't happen. Um, anyway, so then we proceed... Um, with the second half of surgery, like two weeks after my first one, roughly two, three weeks. Yeah. After my, after my first one. Um, and they do the back one. So the back one's also huge. Actually, the back one didn't change in size at all. That stayed like. The back one was way bigger than I thought. Way bigger. I had no clue it was that big in there. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I knew in the beginning it was, but I guess I thought it shrunk a lot like the first half did, but it didn't. Um, it only shrunk down like three centimeters or something. Cause I think when they took it out, it was about 13 and a half centimeters when they, when they got it out. 
Um, and then they did pathology on that portion as well. So another huge chunk. And there was only 5% viable cancer in that whole tumor. So again, my surgeon was just like completely, you know, taken aback by the results of this. So, um, I mean, if that's not a miracle, I, I mean, I really don't know what is because that, like, first of all, to have this type of rare cancer where they don't know much about it, but what they do know is not good. And, you know, typically it doesn't die like that. You know, I definitely was given a miracle. And with my friend's dream, like, maybe she really did, you know, like we're all interconnected in the universe in in vibrations and frequencies and love and feeling and whatever. So maybe because, you know, that woman knew how important I am to my friend, she knew subconsciously that she's going. So why not do, you know, her like kind of like second daughter sort of thing, a favor or whatever, you know, or whatever. Like, I totally think that I am literally knowing what I know now about my type of cancer. I mean, I am a miracle and I'll do everything to try to give back to the universe and to people with sarcoma and whatever. Like I've been volunteering and, um, just doing a lot, like anything I can to, to help others, not only with this type of cancer, but just in general, like I want people to wake up and like realize what's out there, you know? And now ever since then, like there are signs everywhere. I see them all the time. Like, I think people just assume that signs are always really big and in your face. They're not. You just have to be open-minded enough to see them because they are most of the time very small. Like I was given an amazing sign and or miracle that was big, but I don't think that's typical, at least not from what I'm seeing and learning and going through with my own journey and aspect of things. Like, now, whenever I see a sunflower, like, I know I'm on the right path. Because the sunflower is, like, the symbol for my type of cancer. That's another thing, too, that's kind of weird. So, I have a lot of tattoos. I never, ever wanted to get a flower tattoo. I just thought it was ridiculous. It was too girly for me, whatever. Well, like, two years ago, so roughly, well, maybe it's closer to th three years ago. Roughly somewhere around there. Um... I just had this overwhelming urge to get this half-wilted sunflower on my arm tattooed. Um, so I did. And then it turns out that the sunflower is actually the symbol for my kind of cancer. So it just... And, like, the sunflower really wasn't even, like, like my favorite flower or anything like that. I never really gave consideration to I, I actually, when you got that tattoo, I was kind of confused. Why? You know, because you... It's not like... A, it wasn't like you were all about that type of thing. I'm like, not. I, I never was. And it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, it looks cool. I don't know exactly why right. you want it. I didn't know why <laughs> I wanted it either. I just had this urge that I had to get this half-wilted sunflower, you know, tattooed on my arm. And I did. And it's just weird, like, how those little things um, kind of connect. So now anytime I see a sunflower, like, I know I'm on the right path. Um, and... Sometimes, literally, I'll be thinking something negative, and I'll walk by something, and it'll literally be, like, a very positive affirmation directly related to my act, like, what I'm literally thinking at that moment. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know? Oh, like, the, the calendar that was in here. Yeah. Um, on February, I think. On February. I don't remember what it says, but I took a picture of it. What does it say there for February? 
follow the right path or something like that. Oh, it says you're on the right path. Yeah. Because I remember coming in here into this room where we like do our crafts and we do our podcasts and everything. And I was faced with like kind of like another dilemma and but I was following my gut and I was questioning like, man, what should I do? Because again, like I said, with this cancer, there's I've had three, three like top oncologists and doctors from around the nation give me three different opinions on what I should do. Well, I just have to follow my gut and what I feel is right. Well, that's what I was doing, but I was still mentally questioning, like, man, what should I do? Should I do this? Uh, should I not do this? Like, I just don't know. And Derek, at some point, I guess, had hung up that calendar, and it was open to... First of all, I didn't even know where we got this calendar from, because it's, it's a... It came it's in a, the mail. It's kind of, from uh, the church or something. I'm not really sure. Yeah, so something like that, but it was open, and it said... You're following the right path. And I was like, okay, like what more, what bigger of a sign do I need? You know, um, the other day when I was, um, upset about something, uh, I was wondering if I had done the right thing and the song, I saw the sign came on. So I was like, okay, I'm obviously on the right thought path. I'm on, you know, I'm doing what's right. So like, you just have to notice them. You have to open your eyes, you know, and Stop thinking like, oh, is that a sign? If you have that feeling and you have that question in your head, then yes, it's a sign. Yep. Like, that's something that I've come to learn too. Like, if I question, oh, is that a sign? Or if I get that gut feeling that it means something, it means something. You know what I mean? Even if it's something tiny. So, but I have a lot of little things like that. But in my opinion, I know I'm a miracle. Like, I know that I am. And the fact that that dream happened before all this... And then all these, like, some negative things happened, but it was like, I needed to keep on keeping faith, and maybe that's why she had the dream, and then thus told me about it in the beginning, to keep me motivated through all that, you know what I mean? Like, Which, it's also kind of odd how we even came into contact with this person to begin with, which has led us to live here, which has put us in the path of these people right. who we didn't all know. All of it before who now is like huh we fit so well with these people that we've never met before but now you know yeah because now they're actually like pretty good friends of ours and you know like we're we're forming a real good friendship with them so it's just all of it's just kind of weird how it all just kind of happened and yeah even how we came to know my friend who had the dream and how we came to live here, and she actually lives right down the street, because we met her not living here, and then find out she's our neighbor, and just, like, all this, all of it is just kind of weird, you know, and I just, like I said, now I'm to the point where I just don't believe in coincidences, because I can't after the things that I've seen and experienced and felt and been through. Like, I just can't believe in coincidences anymore. It's impossible. Right, like, it, you if know? you see something that is like, oh, that's weird, it's not, to me, it's not weird. Yeah, it's the reason not. you're seeing it is because because you're meant to. If you're meant to see it, it's supposed to happen, right? And there's nothing you can do to change it or not. Only you get certain signs letting you know that you're doing the right thing, you know. Right. Well, even discovering my cancer, I was getting signs about having cancer because, like, every time I would turn on the radio, like, because I used to smoke, and normally, like, those quit smoking commercials would never bother me. 
Um, it got to the point where, like, I couldn't even listen to them more. I'd have to change the, the radio station or shut the TV off or whatever. Well, that was somehow the universe telling me, like, hey, you need to stop. You need to get looked at. You need to go see a doctor. Like, all these things were happening, and I was ignoring them. I was turning the other cheek, and I shouldn't have been. Uh, so now I don't. I pay attention to them. I put, you know, full belief in them when I see certain things and hear certain things and acknowledge them and whatever. And I'm already kind of an intuitive person anyway. So I just don't know why I ignored my own natural instinct and ability. I don't know why I ignored that for so long. And now it's like, I'm going to fully trust it 100% because obviously it would have many times proven itself to be real had I just accepted it. I was in denial thinking, okay, no, obviously, like, no, that's not real. Just because I felt it doesn't mean that that's what's right or what's happening. When in reality, yeah, that's exactly what it is. You know, my intuition really isn't usually wrong with that type of stuff, you know? Yeah. So I just need to put faith into it and listen to it and roll with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're taught from a very young age to deny our, like, our own natural abilities abilities to, like, be intuitive about things. Like, ever since we're kids, especially if you go to school, Mm -hmm. you're taught to basically ignore anything that you can't see or hear. You know, you're taught instantly from school, uh, especially in science and everything else, that if you can't see it or taste it or feel it it's not it's not it real exist. it's not there blah 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 but but it that, is. that is straight up not the case no it's not <laughs> i mean if you think even if you think of just animals like animals have instinct and sense things and whatever so why would we assume that we as human beings can't i mean that's a dumb way to think you know like why would we think that we don't have those abilities to sense things feel things uh know things you know and like obviously my friend she had that dream and thus knew things and I'm a very empathetic person. So I get, I, I soak up people's emotions like, you know, bread soaking up gravy. And sometimes it's literally exhausting and draining to me, but, um, like that's an ability that I have and I need to lean on sometimes, you know, and it has helped me like just meeting you, you know, like there's times where I know something's bothering you and I need to help you and, that's the only way I, I, that's the only way that I I know that and know to push you a little bit and to talk and whatever, you know? Um, yeah, which before, before meeting you, I was really, um, on a dark path basically. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, walking blindly through life in a completely, um, pointless existence. Uh, but you know, you just showed me some sort of path that was positive, <laughs> which has led to here. That's it's all been positive, right? Well, even the negatives that we experience and have are perfect. You know, like like that guy was telling me that I met with or whatever. Like, if you can change your perception of things, that even the really bad stuff that's happened in your life. If you can view that as perfect because it happened exactly how it was supposed to for your learning purposes and your growth purposes, like how far your mind and soul can expand because of that. If you can just take it instead of thinking of it as just bad and think of it as, you know, as perfect for what it was. 
Yeah, it was like, supposed to happen so that you can come to where you are now. Right. Like, and I tell people that when I talk to people about my cancer all the time, you know, cancer has not been easy, no, but cancer saved my life. Like, I was in a really bad spot before cancer. I was so anxious and angry and I didn't know who I was anymore. I had lost myself along the way in life just because I had gotten so stuck on the daily grind and worried about what job I had, how much money I made, all this dumb shit that I never used to worry about. Because I, I was Which always... you never worried about when I first met you. I know. But I don't... I, I don't... Tell, like, you were, like, very uh, free-spirit type of person that was just, like, super, um, like, indi- indi- individualistic and, like... Right. And I don't know um, what always happened. Always writing and uh, drawing, doing all these things. Right. And then just one day, you just stopped doing it. Right. And <laughs> I literally don't know what happened either. But I think that was, you know, the start of something really negative in my life and it progressed into anxiety and all this other stuff to where I eventually just kind of blew up, you know, because I wasn't living the way I knew I should live. But it came out as all these other things, as anger, as anxiety, as resentment, as whatever. As smoking cigarettes and just, uh, you know, doing everything that other than address the possible right i wasn't addressing the problem and then like uh, like we had talked about in the other podcasts that we had just done talking about ourselves and stuff like it led to a lot of self-reflective work that i've done on myself now i have almost no anxiety at all unless you know certain situations sometimes which i think is fairly normal but you know i don't have it every day all day anymore um i've worked through a lot of my past traumas which has not been easy um but I found myself again, you know, like I'm, I'm writing again, I'm painting again, I'm laughing a lot more, I'm getting back with nature a lot more, like I'm, I'm rediscovering who Tony is, you know. So cancer really hasn't been all that bad. Like, yes, it has as far as what I've had to do with it, but does that make the cancer bad? No, it makes the treatment for what I've had to do bad. But I've also done not just the traditional doctor stuff, I've done other things too to better myself. I've work through anxiety and trauma. I've um, changed my perception on a lot of things. I've taken a lot of supplements. I've started eating better. I quit smoking. I um, cut out pop, which I really didn't drink a lot of pop anyway before that, but I really don't drink much of it now. Now it's like a treat here and there. Yeah, it's like a shock now. Like, oh man, that's really sugary. Right. And (laughs) even, yeah, like now even when we do buy pop, we buy those little itty bitty baby cans because I can't even finish a whole one because it's just too much. Um, But yeah, so that's my personal miracle story. But um, from here on out, I'm going to do, try to do a Miracle Monday where I go through um, just someone else's miracle. So, I mean, if you ever want to share your story and want me to read it aloud, um, to everyone, you feel free to email us and let us know. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to pick out ones that I find fascinating and that I can read to you um, each week. Yeah, and if uh, anyone out there has a story of a miracle similar to this or just a miracle that you, in any way, uh, reach out to us and we can do a, a live interview with you. Yeah, if you wouldn't mind coming on and talking about it, we can talk with you about it. Or if you just want us to read it. Feel free to email us at dtdimension at protonmail.com and or visit our website, which is uh, doublethoughtdimension.com. And then there's a link in there that will um, 
kind of send you off to like all the links that we have. I will be creating an Instagram uh, for this. Um, so probably those of you that do follow the Primetime Tuesday, if you're interested in the Miracle Monday stuff, um, I'll probably just change that one and uh, change like the layout of it and just switch it over to a Miracle Monday. Um, but I'll post some pictures of like my tumor stuff and my, my miracle stuff on there. Um, cause one of the things was, was actually while I was still on ICU, I was listening to music. Um, while I, after I started, you know, had that moment of feeling like super powerful and whatever, I started listening to music and feeling just really good. And I took a little video of myself, like inspiring myself kind of thing, you know, and I saved that little video clip. So I, maybe I'll put that on there along with some of my tumors and maybe my tumor results or something as part of, um, the pictures on there. Um, so you can kind of see for yourself my miracle a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, would love to hear your miracles and have you help us inspire others. So again, DT dimension at protonmail.com and doublethoughtdimension.com. So yeah. Yeah, that just about does it. Uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, Hope you're doing good out there. Yep. Take care, guys. Peace out. Mm -hmm.